Uh, Dr. Chaim Gertner is with us live via telephone from Israel. He's Director of International Relations for Yad Vashem. As you can imagine, plenty going on at Yad Vashem. And, of course, we have an opportunity to talk about uh, the most recent commemoration uh, that took place on Yom HaShoah and many other things. Again, Director of International Relations, Yad Vashem, Dr. Chaim Gertner. Shalom, shalom, and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, good morning. Pleasure to speak with you. Actually, uh, I'm now in New York. Uh, oh, you're in New York now. Yes. So we're only connecting. Of, we're only connecting through an Israeli phone, but you're in New York City right now. Right, as part of the Yad Vashem efforts to be uh, relevant worldwide. Uh, we have operations also uh, all over the world, and especially here in the U.S. Yeah, well, no question about that. And of course, I'm sure that those operations were stifled somewhat over the last couple of years. So, it must be a good feeling to get out and meet people internationally right now. Absolutely, and also host uh, visitors back uh, in the Mountain of Remembrance in Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. That's is, right. Uh, of course, uh, a relief. I can only imagine that uh, there's a lot more people coming to Jerusalem, a lot more people visiting Yad Vashem now uh, than what you've seen over the last couple of years. Tell us about Yom HaShoah 2022. We know that Yom HaShoah was the week after Pesach, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tell us what was unique about this year's commemoration. If we post-COVID days, uh, I think this was the, maybe the most unique uh, uh, element in, in uh, Yom HaShoah's uh, events this year uh, in uh, Jerusalem, uh, because, you know, during the last two years, uh, we uh, had a very limited uh, amount of people uh, in, the, in the national ceremony that uh, we held uh, in the eve of Yom HaShoah and also during the day. Uh, but today, uh, we were back on track, and uh, as usual, even a bit more than usual, we have uh, more than 2,600 uh, participants in our uh, Yom HaShoah event, uh, which was uh, voted this year to... Uh, every year we pick up a theme, a central theme for the Holocaust Remembrance Day. So the whole operational, uh, the, the whole uh, educational operations in Israel and uh, also commemoration are uh, devoted to a, a specific theme. Right. Uh, so this theme uh, this year was transports to extinct, extinction. Uh, so we dealt with uh, the theme of deportation of Jews during the Holocaust. Uh, of course, it didn't start uh, eight years ago, a bit more, and continued until the, uh, the end of the war, but uh, we thought that this is exactly the time to uh, deal with that issue. Uh, so the theme was very interesting, and also the fact that uh, we had a lot of visitors. And you know that in each one of uh, the events, uh, we uh, have uh, six torchlighters, Right. Uh, at uh, the heart of, of, of that uh, very moving event that I'm sure um, people do uh, watch here from, from the far here in the U.S. as well. And uh, this year, one of them uh, passed away two weeks before the event, and his son uh, lighten up the, the torch. And, uh, well, I think that this is where we are, uh, in a generation where we less and less have uh, survivors among us. And uh, the torch uh, is being... Uh, Sent to the to the next generation. Uh, we were asked to specifically highlight someone named Olga K. What could you tell us about Olga K., who was at one time a resident of New York? Right, Olga. K. Olga K. was one of uh, the six torchlighters this year. Uh, she was born in Hungary right. in uh, in a small town, and then. Uh, 
uh, was sent with her family, was deported with her family to another village, and a month later was deported with her sister to, with her family, sorry, to Auschwitz, and only uh, her sister and her were uh, there. Um, they were sent to a Kaufeling concentration camp in Germany, uh, to forced labor, to, to, uh, to, as a forced labor camp, and, uh, and uh, only on April uh, 15th, uh, both of them were liberated with another sister that uh, they found, but the sister passed away ever because she was extremely sick. Out of, out of uh, ten kids, only uh, three uh, survived. Among them, um, uh, Olga. Uh, uh, she uh, testified, uh, for example, that uh, on April uh, 15, 1945, she said, "I remember the face of the soldier that came to me." Uh, through the door in uh, Bergen-Belsen and, uh, and said we were liberated. Uh, she said we joy because we were liberated, but what now? At the end, uh, she decided to uh, immigrate after being in Sweden. Uh, she decided to immigrate to New York when she lived until 1985. Then uh, she uh, uh, made an aliyah and uh, followed her, uh, 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 the family uh, and lived uh, in Israel and is still living now in Israel. So uh, this was really a very, very moving story. I think this is the highlight of any uh, uh, Holocaust commemoration event in Yad Vashem every year. And um, I don't want to use the word typical and say typical story because there's no such thing. I'm sure you who uh, works with Yad Vashem could t- talk about the uniqueness of each individual story. But but I, but I think we should mention that this is one of so many. This is one journey of so many that took place uh, starting in World War II and uh, uh, you just never know where fate will lead you, uh, where the one above will, will lead individuals and families and uh, it, it must be interesting that when all these stories are put together you end up with a community of people uh, that have gone through a unique experience Absolutely, you see I work uh, almost 20 years in Yad Vashem and, uh, and I find so many unique and unbelievable stories every day. Yeah. Uh, you thought that you have heard and saw everything, but then uh, there is another uh, unbelievable uh, story. But you know that uh, I think that uh, w- one of the most uh, challenging challenges that we have nowadays is the fact that in a world uh, with less and less uh, Holocaust... And there is no replacement for the Holocaust survivor's voice. I mean, if there was someone that tells us, I was there... And this is what I testify that I saw. There is no replacement for such a voice. Yeah. So Yad Vashem uh, is now uh, preparing uh, itself for uh, for uh, that phase. And what we found, interestingly, that uh, w- when this voice is less and less uh, uh, live with us, uh, we are we have to go back to the to those who didn't have the ability to submit testimonies and. Uh, because they were murdered. I mean, the, the, most of the six million Jews. And uh, this is why we are uh, collecting every item that we can uh, and much more intensively during the last uh, decade and uh, nowadays as well, because we uh, are sure, we are convinced that uh, the voices of items, of documents, of artifacts, of art that was created during the, the war uh, are enabling us, if we let them talk and uh, if we uh, are enabling us to hear them, uh, are enabling us to uh, be encountered with, uh, with the story and with the evidence. And it is also important today uh, because of uh, the rise of uh, anti-Semitism and uh, much more Holocaust distortion and uh, uh, trivialization, a bit of denial also, but much, much more distortion. So Yad Vashem is 
leading uh, or paving the way or leading uh, <clears throat> the walk with uh, accuracy because we think that uh, accuracy has to be uh, based first and foremost on evidence on evidence this is why we collect everything this is why Adashem has the largest collection of Holocaust related material more than 220 million pages of documents today and we are massively continuing to collect it and also on a solid uh, state-of-the-art research and this right. is why we have the International Research Institute at Yad Vashem so by both of them by uh, uh, collecting the evidence the items the documents uh, and by uh, pure research and excellent research we are uh, dealing with uh, this issue of accuracy in uh, in a world that uh, the voice itself can't be heard anymore Dr. less and less. Dr. Chaim Gertner with his live via telephone, Director of International Relations at Yad Vashem. And I, I think that I, I want to I try to add to your point because, look, we know that the testimonies, the videos, the films, Holocaust survivors being uh, uh, recorded, both audio and video, we know how critical all, all of those testimonies and all of those segments are. But you're making such an important point that there are are evidences of uh, where people lived and how they lived and what they went through, uh, whether it's um, uh, different uh, items from Holocaust survivors and their families, uh, whether it's photographs, etc. I mean, the testimonies are great to have, and I'm sure you acknowledge that it's one of the most important pieces of this entire uh, operation of Yad Vashem moving forward as we lose survivors in subsequent years. But actual evidence, tangible material is so vital to this as well. Am I correct? about that yes you see I, I was sitting here in New York yesterday and the, and the, a person came to meet me and they brought me a letter and photos that uh, he's, he had at home from his uncle that was not touched until recently and he found it only by an accident at home and uh, it commemorates uh, by photos and by uh, writing. Uh, a murder uh, of the Jews in one of the sub camps in Germany yeah. uh, uh, documented by uh, an American soldier that uh, kept it all those years and the family found it only now so that documents like that are very very essential but you know it is not only documentation and research that Yad Vashem is uh, interested uh, in collecting uh, massively but also uh, relevance. I think that uh, teaching and commemorating uh, the Holocaust uh, is also uh, very important because if we will collect but not share and not do it relevant, uh, not create relevance for our youngsters, then it will be uh, less used, I think. And I, I, assume, that and means, I, I assume that means informal, uh, uh, informal environments like schools, etc., but also in the media and, and informally to the world as well. Absolutely. I think that uh, first and foremost today, uh, not only in COVID time, but in COVID time we saw it very massively, uh, online uh, activities are essential. So the online assets of Yad Vashem, the website, uh, a huge uh, amount of work in social media, because, you know, social media is the marketplace. This right. is where we have to be. But also so, uh, being outside, you know, Yad Vashem now has a new leadership. We have uh, a new chairman, uh, Mr. Danny Dayan, who used to be sure. here at Council General. And Yad Vashem is now reevaluating its uh, vision, its strategic plan, and its uh, operational uh, uh, planning for the coming few years, uh, taking in account that we are in a generation without survivors. And uh, one of the main things that Yad Vashem is uh, now trying to do uh, is to be dedicated to bring uh, its unique and Jewish human story to every citizen in Israel, but we 
much, much more relevant and uh, <clears throat> to appear much more significantly um, uh, worldwide in, in correct and uh, relevant uh, settings uh, worldwide. And uh, this is one of the reasons uh, that I'm here in uh, New York, because uh, here, in, here in the U.S. we have... Uh, a lot of friends and supporters and uh, uh, partners of Yad Vashem. We have the American Society for Yad Vashem that operates here in New York and have also branches uh, on the West Coast and in Florida. Uh, the idea that was established more than 40 years ago uh, by Holocaust survivors who saw the, the, the existence of Yad Vashem as essential for uh, uh, the Jewish community in the U.S. no less than in Israel. And, uh, and today led by uh, two young uh, co-chairs, uh, Mr. Mark Moscovich and uh, Adina Burian, and, uh, and the known executive director, Mr. Stanley Stone. So by uh, those, uh, 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 this group of uh, people that uh, are here in the, in, uh, in the U.S. that are assisting us in uh, Using what Yad Vashem is doing and uh, expanding the group of uh, supporters of Yad Vashem, we think that uh, uh, we are willing to create relevance for also in the U.S. We, by the way, plan to be here much more active because one of the main new missions of Yad Vashem is to be much, much more outward looking. So we plan to bring uh, uh, new exhibitions, traveling exhibitions to the U.S. Uh, uh, we plan uh, to bring here to the uh, to the U.S., uh, for example, the Book of Names that was created by Yad Vashem oh, wow. and uh, is now exhibited in uh, the Auschwitz Museum. So uh, we have a lot of plans for the coming years. Uh, tell us about Dorot Mirim. There's a hashtag out there, hashtag Generations Light the Way. What is that new campaign about? <laughs> One of the questions of relevance, uh, how to create relevance and uh, how to do it uh, uh, in a proper way, led us in recent years to the understanding that uh, we have to do each month to do family circle or in the at home uh, because uh, when it is not only uh, hearing but also creating a discourse, creating a, a gathering around uh, the events of the Shoah in the family, among friends. In, in the community, then it is it is much more relevant. I don't have to prove it. I think this is what a lot of communities are doing uh, all over the world, especially uh, in Israel and in the U.S. So right. uh, we, Yad Vashem and a few other uh, institutions like Tzohar and Zikaron Basalon decided uh, to, um, uh, to try to invent uh, a new tradition. Uh, if you can invent traditions, but we think we can, uh, or we hope we can. Uh, uh, a tradition of remembrance on the eve of uh, Holocaust uh, Remembrance Day by uh, uh, creating a gathering in the family or among, um, around friends or neighbors at home uh, and uh, light six candles, either candles uh, that... Uh, that uh, are, we send them, but any candle will be okay. And recite Abba Kovner's poem, Nizkor, or uh, the traditional El Malera Hamim uh, prayer as uh, we identify with the victims of the Holocaust. And uh, we started it last year uh, on the low scale, this year on a much higher scale, and this year also not, uh, also abroad, not only in Israel. And we hope that uh, it will create a tradition because it is simple it is around um, it is around uh, an, an, an act that you do to commemorate in a family or inside uh, your close circle of friends. Uh, so this is uh, generations light the way. This is uh, uh, one of the ways we try to uh, 
to enforce and to expand the need to find relevant ways to commemorate the Holocaust. Pretty amazing. Uh, I think as uh, one of the points you made earlier, as we see not just Holocaust denial, but a tremendous ups- upswing and and surge of anti-Semitism and, uh, and, and many of us now living uh, through the lessons of um, uh, that, that were learned so many uh, decades ago and in so many other eras of Jewish history. And now that we're experiencing it and getting the feeling of what, uh, uh, of what things may have been like at certain periods of time in our history, I'm trying to be as subtle as possible because obviously we're not, thank God, we're not suffering the way uh, generations past have suffered. But there's a certain atmosphere, a certain avira, a certain environment uh, that now people in, in many different countries, including this one, are experiencing and are wary about. Uh, so it it, uh, it 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 might behoove us to say that as much as Yad Vashem has always been critical and key in remembering, now in terms of uh, moving forward and realizing uh, how important it is to keep the memory of the Shoah alive and remind the world about what can happen if things get out of hand, uh, I think it's critical to uh, remind people why in 2022 the work of Yad Vashem is so important. And uh, I know you know exactly what I mean, uh, Dr. Gertner. Uh, the uh, people, not just in the United States, but in many other countries around the world, are, are feeling a certain atmosphere of, um, of trepidation. And uh, the work of Yad Vashem can only help in terms of reminding the world what could happen if things do get out of hand. Absolutely. And you know, uh, I, uh, today uh, we don't have to prove that uh, if you don't keep the record, uh, then uh, it might be it might be lost. Uh, I'm talking about uh, close circles of families, but uh, you know, if you look now in Europe, uh, there were archives that were destroyed uh, nowadays yeah. in the That's Ukraine, right. for example. Right. This is why Yad Vashem. This is why Yad Vashem's effort to uh, to save and and to have and to gather uh, all the evidence uh, is very essential. One of the when people will come to Yad Vashem after those two years. Uh, of of uh, absence from the mountain, they'll discover in the midst of the mountain near the Hall of Remembrance. Um, they will find you will find uh, a new huge campus that is being built. During the last two years, they used the time to build this uh, Moshal Shoah Legacy Campus, and in, in its heart, the the Chapelle, the David and Fela Chapelle uh, Collection Center, that uh, uh, is five floors below ground, a bunker. <laughs> that uh, will host the collections of Yad Vashem for generations to come uh, for the sake of the world, not only yeah. for the Jewish people, but 100%. for the world. Because yeah. Yad Vashem, as I said, have the largest collection of, uh, of Holocaust-related material, and we hope that uh, by the completion of, of those efforts uh, next year, it's in the midst of building now, we will be able to uh, expand and uh, strengthen our ability not only to, uh, um, uh, to save the records and the evidence, but also to, also to share it with the rest of the world. Amazing work, really amazing work. Oh, uh, information about everything we've discussed, yadvashem.org. It's as simple as that, yadvashem.org. And information about everything we discussed, including the new programs and what's happening there at Yad Vashem and what they're doing now internationally, it's all there on the website. Again, yadvashem.org. Uh, Dr. Chaim Gertner is Director of International Relations for Yad Vashem, and he is in New York as we speak. I thank you so much for joining us this morning. Continued success. Thank you, and... Uh Thank you, and we invite people to uh, come back to the mountain. And if, uh, and meanwhile, to use all our online uh, resources, courses, and uh, to uh, enable uh, themselves and their uh, 
families to uh, to meet the relevance and the the importance of Holocaust remembrance. Yeah, and believe me, it's more important now than ever. Thank you so much. A pleasure to speak with you, Dr. Chaim Gertner, Director of International Relations at Yad Vashem. And uh, as you heard, the effort that's being made to uh, truly internationalize to a greater extent what they're doing is most welcome and serves a great purpose, as I mentioned earlier. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.